Today we have a very, very important message. Actually, that's the title of the sermon today. A very, very important message. So to start, we I'm going to encourage you to open up your Bibles, to uh, turn on your phones, and we're going to go with Micah 6. We are in Micah chapter 6, and we're going to start with verse 1. Micah 6, verse 1. Perfect. Um, if by any chance you don't have your Bible, I also have the verses here on, this, on the screen. Um, but we're going to start with this. Look, look how it starts this chapter. It says, Hear what the Lord says. Hear what the Lord says. Okay, let's stop right here before we continue. How will you communicate a very, very important message to the people that are around you, to the people that you care the most, to the people that you love the most? Let's, let's just take a minute just to, to reflect, to think, if you had to tell a very, very important message to maybe one of your kids or to maybe uh, somebody that is very, very close to you, what will you say and how will you say it? Will you maybe uh, go to a special place? Uh, maybe will you do something very special to call their attention? What exactly, how will you prepare the people to be able to hear a very, very important message? Have you had the opportunity to give a very important message to somebody that you love? And what exactly you did in that moment? Well, we're going to see what God does and why I'm telling you that it's a very, very important message. Look what it says on the verse, on, on, the, on the next, uh, or the, the, the final part of the chapter, the, the verse. It says, Arise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear your mountains, the indictment of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has an indictment against his people, and he will contend with Israel. Look what God is saying to be able to call our attention. He's saying, all the mountains... All the hills everywhere, just listen up. So, so he's, he's calling the highest places that we can see, that, that, that we're able to, to see when, when we go outside. I was uh, in a trail this uh, walking this, this week, and we have the luxury to see all the mountains that are around us. So God is saying in this moment, hear what I'm about to say, and not only is a message for you, but it's, it's so important that I want the entire world to hear what I'm about to say. To be able to, from the highest places, you know, wherever, wherever is needed. This is a message for everybody. And then he says, not only the highest places of the earth, then he says... The foundations of the earth. So he's saying from the highest places to the lowest 
how will how will how will God communicate a very important message? Will he need to maybe uh, bring a very big storm in the mountains so we can hear it? Does does the foundation of the earth needs to tremble, needs to shake so that we can hear the message that he has for us? What is it that that we need? from God to be able to hear his message. That's why today I'm asking you from the bottom of my heart to to take this message to heart. Because if God is telling us, you know, here everywhere, this message is for everybody, to the top of the mountains, to the foundations of the earth. If he's telling it that, if he's saying that, is because it's very important. So today is not a regular message. Today is not um, any other Sunday. Today is something that God is going to speak to you directly to your heart so you can put it into practice. So that you can take his message, take it seriously. Don't wait for anything huge to happen to be able to hear and apply what he's about to say. And let me, let me just repeat the last portion of, of 6.2. Because what he's about to say, he might give a clue. He says, For the Lord has an indictment against his people, and he will contend with Israel. Well, the reason why God has a very, very important message is because he's seen everything that is going on at that time. Let, let me do a quick summary. Remember, the beginning, it was the people of Israel was doing, uh, was going to another God. They were committing idolatry. So they forgot about God and they start putting their faith in other things other than God, than the real God of Israel. And as a result of that, when you don't have love for God, you don't have love for others. So they start doing very bad things to, to the people that were living in, with them, among, amongst with them. So there was corruption with the government. There was corruptions with the leaders. There was corruption even on the church. And he was, God was seeing all that, and that's why he come to this point. This is like the climax of, uh, of Micah 6 comes to this, this point and he says, okay, let me tell you this very, very important message. I've seen that you've forgotten all about me. I've seen everything that is going on around you guys. I've seen all, all the bad things that are happening. So here is what I'm going to tell you. Here is the response that I have for you. Here is, he even said, the indictment that I have for, for you. Now, what do you think before <laughs> going to the message is, what do you think God is going to tell them? Do you think he's happy with everything that is going on? Do you think it's going to be a really nice message? Or do you think it's, man, if I was God, thank God I'm not God, but if I was God, I would take my sandal and I would probably you know, start hitting everybody. <laughs> um, because it was such a bad situation that was going on at that time that, you know, what can you do? I mean, do we need to wipe out everything and start again? What is the message of God? 
And here is on your notes, if you have your notes, here is the first point that I want you to notice. Is let's take a look at the heart of God. Because what he's about to do, what he's about to say, show us a little bit about his heart. Look what it says in Micah 6.3. It says, Oh my people, what have I done to you? So I, I, I probably, if, if it was me, like I say, I will do so many things against them. I will, you know, bring justice and be able to do things differently. And, and the heart of God is, why are you guys doing all this? Why, you know, even myself, what have I done to you guys? And we live right now in a society that, that it reflects pretty much what was happening on those days. We've seen, you know, corruption everywhere. We see, we see how bad people turn, how they only care about their own selves, and they don't care, there is no love for the one that is next to them. They see how they try to take advantage. They see how, you know, everything that, that is going on in society, it just makes me wonder, you know, how, how soon God is going to come. Jesus is going to come because it's getting bad and bad and bad every single day, every single season. And the heart of God is, what have I done? And, and I think this is a question so that we can reflect what is the importance of God in your life right now? Have we commi- committed adultery like the people back then? Are we putting our faith in other things other than the God? Are we trying to take advantage? Because we can say very quickly, yeah, society is really bad right now. Everybody's fighting everybody. But how about me? How, what I'm doing in my house in my personal life, have I committed adultery? Have I taken advantage of people? Have I twisted the different situations to make it work my way and, and so that I can benefit me? So, it's a reflection for all of us just to think for a second and meditate. What has God done to us? And look, I love his answer. In verse 4, he says, For I, I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. So what God is saying is, look at everything that I have done to you. Every time I talk about Moses, the first thing that I remember is the huge miracles that Israel was able to be a witness of. Just to, just to be able to, to be covered from all the plagues. Everything just up to the Red Sea that, uh, that split it apart so they can go through. So everything that happened to them and all the miracles that they were able to witness. And the redemption story. Something that only God was able to do and for them to be able to be witness. And I want you to think how you were before meeting God. How was your life? 
or, or, or even what was that thing that made you start looking for God? Or maybe remember that time that you were so desperate that you had no hope and that things were so bad that you couldn't do anything anymore. And that the only thing that you were able to do at that time is to open up your heart and say, God, I need you. I need you desperately because there is nothing else we can do. There is nothing else I can do. There is nothing that will be able to get me out of this situation. A situation that was so bad that you thought that everything was lost. And you cried out to God. And God was so good to us that he came through for all of us. You're still here. You're still in the middle of, of this pandemic. I, I, let me tell you, the first mile uh, this morning was able to see Patty, <laughs> uh, to see uh, her with us. Because she has been away and she has been through some really tough time, a really hard situation. But in the midst of that, in the midst of our problems, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our sickness, in the midst of everything that we have been able to experience, not only this season, but since we met God, He has been so good to us. Like I say, He came through and He has changed our lives. Have you been able to, to reflect on how was your life before Jesus? It was a mess. Mine was a mess. I'm telling you, I, I, I would not be here if it wasn't because of God made me. I will not be here. I will not have my family. I will not have everything that I have unless what God was on my life. Because let me tell you something. Without God, our lives just breaks apart. That, 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 that's why I want you to take this message to the heart. Because even if, if you have believed in God, even if you had a really re relationship with God, but with everything that is going on in society, everything that is going on in your personal life, you have grown apart from God. It is time to reflect and to say, not only to think, is to actually do it to be able to come closer to God, to be able to make Him the most important thing in your life again. Because I'm telling you, without God, your life will come to pieces. So the, the heart of God is not, oh, why did you do that? Oh, I'm going to punish you for that. The heart of God is He wants the best for all of us. He wants the best for you. He wants the best for you and your work. The best for your family, for everybody that is around. That's why he's saying oh, everything that, that, that has been going on, first of all, is not good for you. It's, it's, it's making you a bad person and it's, it's making you to put your faith in other things that should not be your faith. That, that you shouldn't be able to be able to trust because there is, there is nothing in that. Everything is just, hello, hello. So, in that moment, God just says, hear my heart of people. 
remember, remember what I have done in your life. All the miracles that have happened. Have you maybe, you know, in a, in a time thought the only way possible to be able to, to have that occur, occur is God. There is no other way. There is no other explanation. I, I, I've been with people dying in the hospitals where the doctor has said, you have only a few days to live. Where, where they already sentenced that person to death. And I, I've been able to see God do such a beautiful miracles that that person is still with us. That person is somebody from this church. Two, three years after, after also this pandemic, she still is with us. And there are some things that only God has the explanation. Only God was behind all that. Only God was able to come through for you. Only God was behind you in those difficult moments of your life. And only God was able to reach to you and transform your life. And all the blessings that we see, everything that we have seen here with the youth, is only because of God, because God has said, I will bless not only you, but your generations beyond belief. So what we see right now is just, it's just a blessing that we don't even count, but it's a blessing from God that we have our youth going to a camp to be able to have time together alone with God and with each other. So, I mean, in a time that is, that is so crazy right now, what a beautiful picture of what God can do in our lives, in our homes. So don't forget about that. Don't forget that without God, our life just falls apart. Don't, don't, don't grow apart from God. Look what it says on, on verse 5. It says, Oh, my people, remember that Balak, king of Moab, devised, and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him, and what happened from Shirim to Gilgal, that you may know the righteous, righteous acts of the Lord. Here is what I have to say. Sometimes there are things that come to us and we want it a certain way. And some God, sometimes God acted a different way, but it was the best way. <laughs> have, have you sometimes asked God for something and he has blessed you way beyond what you had expected? Or maybe say to God, God, I think you can help me in this way. You can talk to that person, and you can open up doors here, and you can talk to the heart of that person so they can come to me and help me in that situation. And then God does something completely different. <laughs> but it was way, way better than what you even wanted or, or were expecting to. So... The will of God in our lives is the best that we can have. The, the, the way that he acts, the, the way of, of, that he prepares things, the way that, that he purposes everything in your life is because he wants the best for you. It's because he loves you. The, God of, the heart of God is not someone, again, is not one that is going to try to bring shame or trying to point the finger to you. 
the way of God, the heart of God is one that wants you to realize how important is God in your life and that His will is way better than our will. Than, than even, even whatever we try to do, it wasn't even compared to what God did already in our lives. So, so just, just remember that whenever, you know, things are not happening the way that you were thinking, that you were, you know, imagining, or the way that you were even dreaming, it's not because God is, is bad. It's not because He doesn't want you to have fun. It's, it's because He wants the best for you. Don't you want the best for your kids? <laughs> and sometimes they ask you for some things that you say, oh no, that's, that's not going to be good. So he wants the best for us and just accept his will and just align with his purposes. And then the blessings will come your, your way. So after this reflection, after we have time to think in our own lives, then the logical question comes is, how can we repay him? I mean, if, if you have been able to see all the blessings that God has done in my life, it's like, oh God, I'm sorry, first of all. Sorry because there are areas in my life that, that I haven't given to you because there is areas in my life that I forgot about you, that, that I didn't allow your will to come into that area. So the first reaction is, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because I didn't trust you in that. I'm sorry because even though you told me, even though I was able to hear, I continue to do the things that you didn't want me to do. I'm sorry because, you know, I tried to do it on my own strength and didn't allow you to take control of the situation. So the, the first thing is, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry that, that I, I didn't have you in, in my life. And then the logical answer, the logical question is, okay, what can I do now? How can I repay you? And that's exactly what the, the, the people of Israel were saying at that moment. And this is what the, their answer was. It says, what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? I changed to the new, um, um, new international version for this one because it's a little bit clear. But what they're saying is, is, what can I do now? I realize how good you have been to me. I have realized all the blessings that you have brought into my life. So, so now what should I do? He says, um, should I come before him with burnt offerings? Because that's what it was common on those days is to be able to bring an offering just to, to give him thanks. Should I bring calves of uh, a year old? So meaning th the best of what I have to offer, can I come and give it to you? Look what he says then. He says, will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 of rivers of oil, shall I offer my firstborn to, for my transgression? Uh, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. So the people were saying, I realize that I have committed sin. Some, sometimes we think of sin when we see it on other people. But it's sometimes harder to look when we are committing that. 
And sometimes we try to make different levels of sin. You know, if I rob a bank, that's a sin. If, if, if I do something very bad. But sin, in, in its simplest form, is just doing things that are not pleasing to God. It's just, it, it's just whenever you do something that is not geared towards God. That's as simple as it gets. And they realize that they have committed sin. That sin is on their lives. And, and they're so sorry that they want to. He says, can I give you rivers of oil to be able to repay for what I have done? Can I even offer my son? And, and this, is, this is something that was happening on those days. Uh, with other religions. So you can see that the influence of other religions were already with the people of Israel. And they were saying, can I give you the most valuable thing in my life just to be able to repay what I have done to you? This is the answer of God. Pay close attention to this because this is what God requires of you. This is the next verse is the main verse. The next verse is, I would say, everything that we have been able to see through Micah, it culminates on this verse. Verse 6, 8. You probably have heard this verse in different areas with different people. But what I want you to focus on is how can I apply this to my life, okay? So look what God says. He says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. What He's about to tell you is good for you. He says, And what the Lord requires of you, what does the Lord require of you? Number one, to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. This is the message that God is giving us right now. This is, this is why he was telling all the mountains, pay attention to what I'm about to say. This is what he was saying to the foundations of the earth. Pay attention to what I'm about to say. He says, to act justly. And to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Listen, guys, there is no sacrifice that will suffice. There is nothing we can do to be able to repay, to be able to, to, be able to pay for, for the salvation that we have received. There is nothing we can do. But what God requires of you First of all, remember that it is something that he's telling us because it's good to us. And that's the heart of the Father. The Father wants us to put this into action because he loves us. He knows that this is good and we have to do these things for our own good. Not just to satisfy God, not just to satisfy somebody or not because I told you so. It's because first of all, it's good for you. But as you do it, you're pleasing God. 
He is our Father and He loves us so much that He wants the best for us. And as we do it, He's pleased with that. He's pleased that, that we're taking into action His message, a very important message for our lives. When He sees us, is, it's a delight to Him. Number one, to act justly. Now, I think when, whenever we talked about this, our mind goes to all the social injustices that we have been seeing lately. Um, everything that has been going on and, and how you can take part of it and how you can defend that. And that is good. Let me tell you something. Jesus, when he came, he even started the, his ministry by saying this, I came to give the good news to the poor, the ones that were socially, uh, you know, it was unjust with them, and to be able to come to the ones that need it. So, so he demonstrated that for us. It is good that we act in just, in, in, with just. But before you do that, I want you to think about this. We're quickly to act or to be part of the cause or to be able to get involved in something that is unjust. But the biggest injustice is that we're not giving God what he deserves. The, the, the word just, the meaning of that, is just to be able to give somebody what, what is deserved for them, what they, what they need, what, not only what they need, but you know, what is, what is just for them. Have we done that to God? <laughs> Think about that. The number one and the first injustice and the biggest injustice is that we're worshiping other things other than God. That we don't, we don't look for Him. That we don't go to Him. That we don't make Him the most important thing in our life. And I'm here to tell you, before even you get into all, everything that is unjust, everything that is going on, make sure that you apply this to yourself. Make sure that you do not do injustice with God. He is the one that created us. He is the one that gave everything, even his own son, so that we can have a relationship with him. He gave us everything. And how do we repay? <laughs> so if he gave us everything, shouldn't we give him everything? Our own lives? Everything that goes on in our lives? Should we take in consideration that God is our Lord? Because sometimes we say, God, God, in the middle of the problems. You are my Lord. We, we pray, but we don't do what he says. <laughs> so, so to be able to act justly, the first thing that I want you to think is give justice to God. Give justice to God. He deserves everything of you, not only parts, not only for you to be here on Sundays or maybe once in the middle of the week in your community groups. He deserves everything from you. 
to love mercy, number two. We have to be careful because um, whenever we start doing just or, or things that are just, we start thinking of ourselves a little bit higher than other people. I was really surprised to find this verse is in the Library of the Congress. This exact verse is in the Library of the Congress. And this exact verse is what people use to be able to put on their causes to make it seem like it's just. But in reality, only God is just. You can take this verse and make it part of your cause. But if you're not living this verse, if you're not having love for others, then there is not just in your own life. It's, it's only words. It's only outside. It's only appearance. And God is more interested in our hearts, in the things that we do, in our intentions. So that's why he's reminding us, Maybe you think you're doing what is just. Maybe you think that what you're doing is right. But as you're doing it, you're hurting other people. And that is not just in the, in the eyes of God. So, so whenever, whenever we do it, we have to be really, really careful to be able to extend mercy for others. You know why? Because he did he did to us. He extended his mercy when we least deserved it. Remember the exercise that we did in the beginning? How was your life before meeting Jesus? It was the worst that it has ever been. And at that time is when God approached you and he reached out to you and got you out of that life. So whenever we deserve the worst from God... He gave us his best. Whenever, whenever you want to do the best for somebody, just extend mercy to that person. Just to be able to love that person. Put yourself in the shoes of that person to be able to understand what they're going through. Don't be quick to judge. Be quick to extend mercy. That's what God is telling us. Not only folk, uh, or concentrate on, on, on being just, but also to concentrate on loving others as you do the things that you do. It's amazing, but 50% of the nation is on one side of one issue and the other 50% is on the other side of that issue. And all of them think that they have, that the other party is the party that is unjust. <laughs> So you have 50% of the population thinking that the other, percent, the other 50% is, is unjust. And they start doing the same things that they're accusing the, the other party. They start doing it on their people as well. So, so God is saying, remember that the only person that can be just is me. Our job is to extend mercy to others, to love others. I don't know if you see both of these things, but this is what exactly Jesus said. When Jesus was asked, what is the most important thing? What is the commandment? What is the thing that I need to do 
out of everything that is on the Bible. And then God, Jesus responded, love God with everything that you have. And then love others as yourself. So whenever you're trying to extend mercy, remember the mercy that God extended to us. And remember how we want to be treated when we do something that is wrong. And treat the other people the same. It's very easy for us to be able to see mistakes on other people. But when we do the mistakes, we come to God and say, please God, forgive me. I didn't intend to do that. I know it was wrong. Other people said, oh God, please descend fire on him. Give him what he deserved because what he did was the worst thing that somebody could do. And when you do it, it's like, God, forgive me. Forgive me for what I've done. You know my heart and you know that I didn't intend to do it. We're quickly to judge and we're quick to ask for mercy. But it should be the other way around. We should put ourselves in the shoes of the other persons and to be able to understand the situation. And you will find out that they're not much different from you. That all of us are sinners and that all of us need God's mercy in our lives. And that's what God is, is reminding us. The last thing, and this, for me this is the most important thing, is to be able to walk humbly with your God. This is very simple. God has the best for us. He wants the best for us. And to be able to get the best from God is to realize that we are not God, that only He is God, and to be able to put everything that we think is correct everything that we think that is good, and just to do the will of God. So imagine this. Imagine, imagine that in some situations we try to do it in our own ways, that we try to or, or think that that's the solution for our problems. And God does something completely different that is even better for you. That's when we realize that only God knows what happened, what is happening, and what is going to happen in the future. And that's why, if he knows everything, he also knows what is best for you. And for us to humbly say, your will be done in my life and not mine. Sometimes there are people that have gone through very difficult experiences. Sometimes you have gone through diff very difficult issues in your lives. And those experiences have made you the way that you are. Sometimes when trusting other people is difficult for you because what others have done to you. Maybe when we go through a special situation, we're very careful to be able to help others because others have failed us before in the past. Sometimes we have very difficult time forgiving others for what they do to us. But guys, there is a time that we have to put all that aside. Realize that we don't know everything that is going on. Realize 
that is not my will that needs to get done, but to be able to accept God's will in your life, to be able to do whatever you need to do as He's telling you and leave everything else on His control, to be able to put everything, every decision, every thing that you're planning to do in your life, to be able to put him on his life, on his hands, to be able to take for him control because he has the best for us. Like I told you last week, there is no better thing that you can do than to put yourself on on the hands of God. There is no better hands that you can be in. I'm telling you the same thing again today is reminding you, is to let you know God wants the best for you. And if you keep being stubborn, if, if, if your heart is not in the right place, we need to realize and to be able to trust God. So if there is one thing that came to mind as I was just talking to you, one person, one situation is because God is putting that on your mind so you can put it into practice. If there is one person that you need to forgive, if there is one person that you need to extend mercy, if there is something that you need to do that God has been putting on your heart, act on it. I know sometimes our feelings say otherwise. I know sometimes our experiences say otherwise. Just die to yourself and allow the, the, the image of Jesus come alive in you. And listen, they probably had the fault. They probably are the ones that did the wrong thing. I'm telling you, what God wants from you is to... Act in justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with him. Accept his will. Do it as he's telling you. And that way, you'll be able to please God. See, it's not about sacrifices. It's not about the, how many times you can read the Bible and come here, and how many times you pray, if you pray 10 hours a day, it's about being able to please God and accept His will and whatever He's telling you to do as you walk on it and do it. The reason why He's saying walk is because He wants you to put it into action. He wants you to, as soon as you get out of here, to be able to do that. Don't delay it because the time is right. We may not have more opportunities, so don't delay it. And just as you walk, as you live life, do what God is telling you to do. Accept his will. Put your will, put your, your, your sentiments to the side. And if he's telling you to do something, let's go ahead and do it. I'm going to invite the band to come over here. And we're going we're gonna to worship God with a couple of songs. And as we do that, I want you to talk to God. Let's take this time to be able to reflect in everything that we have covered today. Let's take the time to be able to open our hearts and just forget about the person that is next to you. Forget about what is going on next to you. 
This time is for you and God alone. Talk to Him. Ask Him to be able to show you the things that you need to put into practice into your own lives. And trust Him in what He's trying to do. Because what He wants for you is not only very important, very, very important, but it's also very good. Very, very good. Father, we give you thanks right now. And we just want to take a moment to reflect. We just want to take a moment to talk to you. And as we worship you, and as we open up our hearts and declare that you are our Lord, will you talk to us? Will you come right now and talk to our heart and show us that specific thing that you have been trying to work with us, that you have been telling us over and over and over, but we haven't been able to do it? Will you give us the strength to start working, to start walking humbly with you, to be able to put into practice your will and not mine? In Jesus' name.